The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Across Alberta into Saskatchewan. Bright light this morning around 630. Uh, people here saw it. Calgary, Saskatoon, all points in between. By the way, you can go to 630Chad.com because people have sent in video footage from their you know cameras or phones or whatever uh, to Global News. So you can see this glowing ball of light falling, lighting up the sky, reported to be red, green, and yellow in color. So what's going on? So we want to find out more. This is, this is I find this interesting. Daryl's chuckling at me. That's okay. Gary Boyle. <laughs> Gary Boyle is I, I just the, like the matter-of-fact way that you go about it. What's going on? What? <laughs> well, we got to find out. That's the Halsey in me. What's happening here? So <laughs> Gary Boyle is the backyard astronomer. And he's going to fill us in because this is really cool. Gary, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Very good. Very good. Thank you for inviting me. Okay. First question, something like this. How rare is it? Or perhaps I should phrase that. How actually common is it for something to fall from the sky and be this bright? It's it's very common. In fact, the earth sees or receives about a hundred tons of meteor debris every day mostly in the form of ash, dust, and some meteoroids that do hit the ground, meteorites. So it's a meteor in the sky, a meteorite when it hits the ground. Um, but like you just suggested before, that more and more dash cams or, or the, double, um, the uh, doorbell uh, uh, cams are picking up these, these beautiful sights in the sky that, that people would see just while, while walking the dock. Um, and even during meteor showers, sometimes we get some of the bright ones that Somehow I always tend to miss. I'd be looking down at the ground, see this shadow around me and hear choice four-letter words in the background. Did you see that? So uh, these these are bright ones that do occur from time to time. And Chad, let's, we'd be more than happy to hear your stories as well. You can uh, text in 780-496-0063. Gary, it's Daryl McIntyre uh, on this side of the interview. We, when I was talking with Reed about this earlier, he was waxing poetic a little bit about why it has such an impact. You, you talked about how common these things are. We see them on a regular, now we can capture them on the, the different video devices. Yet the excitement level when one of these comes through is just off the chart. What do you think it is? Um, well, I mean, the Earth is, is hit. We're just in a giant shooting gallery. And it all goes back to the wow, early formation. <laughs> you know, yeah, we, we are. And uh, really, we're just um, part of the early formation of the solar system when we had these um, bits of rock debris, the Lego pieces that made planets. Well, these are Lego pieces that never made planets that are just whipping around in the asteroid belt or even farther. I mean, we haven't determined yet where this actually came from and the size could be anywhere from a basketball size to the size of a fridge but um no we uh, just when it comes close enough earth's gravity drinks it in and burns up in the atmosphere and that's the great thing about our atmosphere is it usually burns um, a major part of not all of the meteoroid if you're on the moon that wouldn't happen you would get hit well i'll remember that for my next trip to the moon so tell me this <laughs> Where was this? Because I remember there was one, I think, in 2008 that was sort of similar. And most of the people were saying like, oh, yeah, like it was so close. It was just down the block or I've got to drive and look for the, you know, look for whatever hit. But, you know, that covered two provinces just like this one. So how can you do we know sort of what vicinity this actually was in yet? 
No, not yet. It's a little too early, but um, the uh, powers that be are uh, gathering. In fact, there's 42 different um, eyewitness accounts that were sent into the uh, American Meteor Society um, showing where they saw it in the sky, and then they can triangulate and try to get, better, get a better idea of finding pieces. And the great thing, too, is that being winter, um, in the Great White North, uh, such as we live, is if you find a rock on top of snow, pretty well, that is a meteorite. It seemed to burn up, and it looks. And every time these come in, you know, it's it's bright up until a certain point, and then the light disappears, which leads me to, on a purely layman's uh, point of view, assume that it's burnt up and it's gone. But that's not necessarily the point. Uh, the case it could have uh, elements of it could have actually made it all the way through to the ground. Uh, exactly, it's the small ones that that burn up uh, in in the atmosphere altogether. Um, we're talking about three thousand degrees of heat. It's, this huge tube of plasma forms around the, the, the meteoroid coming in. But after a while, it, it slows down, smaller pieces are falling. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they do find pieces. But again, it falls in a forest. It would be pretty hard to find. But they're very spectacular. Um, it's a shock when you see something that bright. You usually have to go inside and then change your underwear because you had no idea you see anything. <laughs> and, and, you know, we, we, uh, we know a lot about astronomy when meteor showers occur or when northern lights, but to see one of these bolloids come in, these fireballs, really, that's what they're, they're called, fireballs, uh, really to be at the right place at the right time. Okay, so at, at, at what point would we, ha- as earthlings, would we have to be worried <laughs> about something hitting the earth that could cause something uh harmful well like i'm not talking about a you know extinction extinction i'm not going that large but that something could hit and you know destroy property or you know damage an area of a city if it happened to hit a city i mean what would have to happen for something to be that bad well it'd be awfully big and the great thing is that uh, nasa and other um societies or, or uh, installations are looking for these near-Earth asteroids. In fact, there's one that passed the Earth today um, at a mere 4 million kilometers, which is close, and uh, this guy was 222 meters across, or two football fields wide. So it's a lot bigger than the fridge that, that probably landed in the atmosphere uh, um, early this morning. And... Um, it it um, yeah it misses by four million kilometers and really we don't think it has anything to do with this sighting who knows but uh, as mentioned things are falling down all the time. Uh, Reed had sort of touched on this just by saying the word Earthlings. So I'm going to ask this, and uh, I'm not, I, I suspect you know, but has there ever, because it's fascinating when you find these chunks of rock, you see what it's made of and maybe where it might have come from. Is it similar to other ones that have that arrived? Have we ever seen any evidence of any organic matter in any of these uh, meteorites that have been found? Definitely. It's called the uh, the achondrite meteorites. And in fact, amino acids, or the building blocks of life, have been found in meteorites. So I can pretty well say that these chunks of, of, of rock, iron, have the building blocks of life that land on Earth, uh, land in the oceans, on, on Earth. And this is probably could be how life began. So life didn't begin on Earth, out of Earth. It probably began up in space, delivered to Earth. And that's um, and that could happen here, could happen anywhere. It's called transpermia. 
which uh, just like throwing grass seed to the wind. Well, if we have these perfect raw elements, the amino, amino acids forming here, they could form around other distant exoplanets because the 92 elements found on the periodic table are found throughout the entire universe, which means that any star system has hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, just in, of course, in different quantities, but still the raw materials are everywhere. So to think that we're the only civilization or planet to have life, really the numbers surely speak for themselves. Okay, Gary Boyle joining us on 630 Chet Afternoons. He is the backyard astronomer. Slightly different topic, Gary. I have read that you have an asteroid named after you. How does that happen, and what was your reaction when you found out? Oh, thank you. Thank you for asking. Um, well, I've been, well, first of all, I started astronomy when I was eight years old. That was 56 years ago, still going strong. But for the past three decades, I've been promoting astronomy through my public outreach. Um, first, in, you know, here in Ottawa, doing star parties. Then I've, I've been to campgrounds, schools. I've uh, taught um, adult courses, I've been to retirement homes, now on radio across Canada, and thank you again for, for, for inviting me, all to promote the oldest of the allied sciences and how asteroids are handed down. It's nothing that I found, but it's really um, an, an award. It's recognition for work that has been done in anything. I mean, Mozart has an asteroid. Even Freddie Mercury from Queen had a asteroid named after him what, what would have been his 70th birthday. So I'm in very fine company of, of past greats out there. And uh, really, they're handed it, I guess, maybe even to radio DJs. I don't know. I have to look into it. But um, <laughs> it, it could be anything. It, it could be scientists, teachers, poets, musicians, any genre that's worthy of having one named after them. And, uh, yeah, my name is up in literally in the sky for eternity. And is this the uh, the, the correct uh, uh, name, I guess, asteroid 22406 Gary Boyle? All one word? That is correct. That is correct, yes. I'm going to call you Gary Boyle for every time we ever chat again from here on in. No space, no dot in between, just Gary Boyle. Yeah, just call me Tutu for short. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Gary, are you uh, online on Twitter, website? Where can people find out more from you? Yeah, my website is wondersofastronomy.com and on Twitter at Astro Educator. Asteroid Educator, okay. Perfect. Gary, thanks for doing this, man. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for filling us in. Really appreciate it, buddy. Thank no you. No problem at all. Love, love promoting the stuff. Take care and stay warm. That's the backyard astronomer, Gary Boyle. Well, Daryl, I, I do not know if I have ever interviewed anybody with an asteroid named after them before. If I did, I didn't know I was doing it. Uh, you have now. Do you feel better about your place in the world, knowing that it could be something coming from anywhere? Yeah, I do. It doesn't bother me. I don't know. I really? mean, yeah, maybe there's, like he said, maybe that's how life got on Earth, that something came from outer space. I don't know. Makes as much sense as anything else, I suppose. I love that You don't want to feel alone. You want to know that there's other other things or people around out there. So, you know, if if you've you've had a, had a had a bad week and you're feeling all alone, know that there's people in space or things in space that, uh, that care about you. How about that? Does that yes, work for that's, you? That's very, that's very warm. That's, that that's really fills my heart with joy. The I, aliens I care about us. You can hear how much you know, enthusiasm he had over the, over the topic and the subject. I hear it in your voice. I'm a little more sort of, you know, okay, yeah, that's kind of cool. But I just, I, I do get a kick out of how much people love these things and the shared experiences. And uh, so, yeah, I hope we get another one and it shows up on video and we can, we can share it with everybody and have a conversation about it again.